You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. Why am I like this? Why can't I change? Why can't I be happy with my job? You know, it's a good job. People would love to have this job. Why can't I just be happy with what I have? And why do I desire this other thing? And then she said to me, why are you trying to change yourself? This is not you. This is not who you are. Why don't you just allow yourself to be who you are? Ferzan Jagar was born and raised in Istanbul, Turkey. After moving to the United States for graduate school, she quickly realized she wanted to start her own business that kept her connected to her roots in Turkey, as well as her passion in home decor. And so she founded two companies, Olive and Loom, which is a home textile company importing natural home textiles from Turkey, and Kinecare, which is a company that sells soy candles made by refugees from the Middle East. Welcome to the show, Ferzan. Thank you, Sandy. What does a woman of value mean to you? Woman of value to me is a woman that basically implements the beliefs, the the um, core values that they believe in, right? So then we all have a lot of thoughts and desires about life, but basically to get to implement them to me is a woman of value. And that is, that can go about career or family or, or faith or, or anything, but it's just basically what you desire and what comes, you know, within you and uh, to get a chance to uh, turn it into reality. So you live, you live by your values, right? That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about you and how you started to live into your values. I mean, you know, you told me before the show that you came to the United States from Turkey to study physics and now you're in the home decor business. So tell us how you got from here to there. Obviously, you know, when I was very young going into college, you know, you have to pick a, a major and I'm, I always had a very quantitative mind and uh, I was very interested in science, especially space physics. And I followed that pursuit and that got me through graduate school. And I even got a job at NASA where I was a instrument project manager for uh, science instruments that go on spacecrafts. And although I was relatively good at my job and uh, I enjoyed doing it. I always knew that there was a greater passion inside of me and that is an entrepreneurship. So um, all the Van Loom came about uh, that way. That kept me connected to my home country. It also uh, connected me to the creative side of my brain where, you know, like interior design, home decor that I truly love. So then we combined those two Uh, three elements of me being connected to Turkey, home decor, and being an entrepreneur and started Olive and Loom. And for a um, couple of years, from 2016 to 2018, I did uh, my full-time job and Olive and Loom on the side. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, who was due May of 2018, it was very important for me to make a decision because I have an older son too, that I was like, I cannot raise two children and have a full-time job and have a side gig and, you know, be a, a, 
a wife, a friend, you know, like all these things that I want to do in life. Uh, so something had to give. And I just thought about my daughter a lot that I was, you know, pregnant with her at the time. I was like, what kind of a woman do I want her to see as she's growing up? Do I want her to say, um, my mom had these dreams and visions and wanted to own her own business, but she never had the courage to do it. And she just stayed with her full-time job, even though she knew that she would like something else more. Or do I want her to say, you know what? She always went after her passion and her dreams and she pursued them. And I'm going to do the same. With her birth, I left for maternity leave. And then a couple of months within into my maternity leave, I notified my work that I will not be returning back. And since then, I've been doing Olive and Loom full-time. And uh, right about that that point, I also wanted to do something with a social good cause behind it. And I'm very connected to the Middle Eastern refugee crisis and um, the struggles that the refugees go through when they resettle in new lands. So I wanted to give them um, an opportunity. I didn't want to be like, oh, the proceeds go to the refugees, the charity or the donation, or I wanted them to have work, basically. Uh, feel uh, ownership in a company, in what they're doing, make dignified wages and do dignified work to uh, carry them through. A lot of the women um, from, you know, the Middle East countries that we work with uh, have uh, are Muslim and a lot of them uh, didn't work in their home countries. They were stay-at-home moms taking care of their families. So with very... Um, limited work experience, if at all any, uh, it was important to come up with something that they could use their just like day-to-day -day, um, skills. And candles, one of those things. And I'm like, you know, everybody loves a candle. People buy candles. Uh, a good candle with a good cause uh, seemed like a perfect idea. And now we're, uh, we're pretty proud to say that we have multiple women full-time. So I love that you connected to your values, just like you said at the beginning, and yeah. you focused on building your dreams, which um, is a great role model for your daughter and for your son, actually. But as a woman, you know, I think when our children can see us doing something that we love and creating success, it gives them the courage sometimes to do that for themselves, right? Correct. Yeah, so I love that you're um, that you're supporting refugees, and that all your companies, your two companies, are also really natural products. They are um, mm -hmm. healthy, right? So you mm -hmm. you seem to have a value around that too, right? I mean, I think we all, if we can find it easily, if we can afford it. I think we all would gravitate towards uh, that route, right? Nobody wants to say, oh, I just want to inhale some synthetics inside of my body. Like what's usually readily available to us and at an affordable price point is not always what's best for our bodies, minds. So as much as I can uh, in my businesses, I choose to go that route. And uh, that's Basically, that's our vision. Right. So tell us some of the struggles that you faced, because it's not easy starting your own business. I have started mm -hmm. several, and I know that yeah. it's, first of all, you 
you know, you take on too much at the beginning and you're overwhelmed. And oh, you yeah. were saying before, like, how did I juggle being a mom and a wife and a, you know, running a side business and a you know, regular business and all this stuff. So tell us some of the struggles and how you overcame them. I don't think I've overcame all of them, right? Because mm-hmm. as you know, as a business owner, there's always a struggle. I think that you get better at some things and then new challenges are thrown at you. But the beginning is, uh, it's very painful because, financially it's hard to support a business for months years at a time without getting any return on um, um, you know monetarily I had the full-time job so when I was doing the business as a sidekick you know I had a salary so I'm very privileged in that that I could just support one if I was losing money on one side I could just like put um, some money into the business and I had that opportunity but after obviously since I quit my job, it had to sustain itself. So being the being the uh, accountant of the business, being the uh, marketer of the business, being the uh, curator buyer of the products for the business, it's extremely challenging. So growing the team is very important. Delegating it to the right people is very important, but of course you have to pay those people. So it's this, it's this puzzle of, you need money, you need sales to have sales, you need to market your brand. To do that, you need to sacrifice from something else. So um, I don't think there's a formula, right? But I think it's a very gradual process that requires a lot of patience. And um, that that's all I can say. I don't think that I've uh, done anything that uh, different than any other business uh, owners. It's just that you just need to be patient and every day do just a little bit more, just a little bit more than the day before. Hiring people is Mm -hmm. a challenge, right? Hiring the right people, being able to delegate your baby out to other people instead of taking on everything. But it is, it's that, that balance, like I can't do it all and I have to hire, but do I have the money? And having Hmm. new people will actually bring in more money and it's the cycle of knowing who to hire, how to hire. So do you have any tips to share for people who are starting a new business and they haven't yet delegated, they have to hire new people. Is there a way that you vet people that you can share or, you know, how, what's your process? When I was in graduate school, when I got my MBA in graduate school, that one of my professors, whom I remember on a daily basis, said strength is equal to uh, interest times talent. So you can be interested in something, but might not be talented in it, or you might be talented in something, but you hate doing that kind of thing. So inter- uh, strength is interest times talent, right? So identifying your strengths is very important. And then the weaknesses, you have to let it go, delegate it to someone else who is a strength for them, right? So the first process is, what do I not enjoy doing? And what do I not like doing? And those are my weaknesses. And then when you're vetting people, you kind of say, is this your strength? Can you do this work? How good are you at this work? Kind of, again, like a puzzle, like you have a missing piece you need a piece from uh, that other person to complete that uh, that puzzle. And I think that that has worked for me so far um, because when you approach people to say, I'm looking specifically for this type of work or for this area that you need to fill in, if they're good at that and if they're interested in that, you see the light in their eyes 
And if they're not, and they're just looking for a job, you also see that, oh yeah, sure, of course I can do that. But you know, that tone. Um, so th that's where I would start. The strength is interest times talent. I like that. What about the pandemic? Pandemic has challenged a lot of us. How has yeah. that impacted your business? Oh, wow. Okay, so pandemic um, made us definitely very uncomfortable. We have grown in some areas during the pandemic. Um, we had suffered in some areas during the pandemic, but that discomfort also brought a lot of, we have to think quick, we have to implement quick kind of a mentality to us. Uh, before, you know, you might have timelines and seasons and collections and catalogs and you kind of move at a certain cadence. With the pandemic, you're like, okay, well, we're not generating any sales at all. Like today we need to come up with a couple ideas and then implement and see what works. The home textile part, we do a lot of wholesale. We sell to other retailers. That has grown for us because all of a sudden now people want to live in their bathrobes and they want to cozy comfort um, mm -hmm. blanket throw. So that has done well for us. But then our online sales or we have a brick and mortar store, the retail store has suffered tremendously. So um, I think it's in a pandemic, again, the, the, the key was just to you have to try a whole bunch of things and some of them are going to uh, make it and some of them are not. Yeah. So learning to pivot, which is such an yeah. important part of running a business is always knowing like it's not going to be stable all the time, even yeah, without a right. pandemic. Right. And so true. being able to transition quickly in any area is a really important skill to have. So tell us about the future. And what's, mm -hmm. what's your dream? For Kin and Care, the dream is we want to open, um, I don't want to call it a hub, but maybe we expand our business. So then we have studios or working um, workplaces in different cities where refugees in those cities can also make uh, candles. So that would be just growing the growing the network of the refugee women that work with us and adding different cities and locations to our company. That'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. For Olive and Loom, we just want to uh, grow our portfolio. There's just like so many, so many elements that we want to add to, to our, uh, to our catalog. We want to, we started this with a very artisanal approach to home textile. And we said, we want to, remember our roots and our traditions and uh, old-fashioned products that are made new to fit our lifestyles now. And we started this with Turkey, but there are, in different parts of the world, there are just such unique and uh, traditional and historical and significant elements that we all would love to have in our homes. So we want to explore those too. So go from Turkey and go from home textile to expand to other countries, other cultures, and bring in um, different traditions to US and uh, again, make them suitable for our lifestyles now and introduce them to, to greater audiences. I can see how you lit up when, when you were talking about yeah. that. You know, you mentioned now, like when you tap into what somebody loves to do, it's like, oh, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so that's how you know. This is a good direction to go in. And it sounds expansive, which is fabulous. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah. Let's All go. right. Okay. So the first question is fill in the blank. I used to think I wasn't blank enough. Brave. Brave enough to what? 
to leave my secure uh, job behind me. What was the number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? Expectations uh, put on me by others. You know, growing up in Turkey and um, especially working at NASA in a very male-dominated environment, there are expectations of how a woman should be, how a woman should act, how a woman should, um, what kind of job they should do. Um, so people have expectations of what I'm supposed to, what you, what all of us uh, are supposed to do. And, you know, I, I was in that route of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Or maybe, you know, and once you say, you know what, I know the best way to advocate myself, then it, it's very liberating. Yeah, I think that there's there's still so much patriarchy in, in male-dominated environments that, yeah, a lot of people don't even realize it. And learning oh, yeah. to trust in your own inner knowing, that takes uh, courage, which is yeah, another another example. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and just trying things and seeing that they actually work, or they don't work, and then you pivot, you know. And so that's it's it's all it's all a process. Next question, what is the best advice you can give to a woman who wants to become more empowered? The best advice is, I'll just give you a very um, personal um, experience and I'll maybe tie it to a, a, to a uh, advice. When I was at NASA and I knew that, you know, I wanted to do this and I wanted to have my own business and I, um, my best friend who also worked there, my coworker and my best friend, I always told her, why am I like this? Why can't I change? Why can't I be happy with my job? You know, it's a good job. People would love to have this job. Why can't I just be happy with what I have? And why do I desire this other thing? And then she said to me, why are you trying to change yourself? This is not you. This is not who you are. Why don't you just allow yourself to be who you are? And just like, do whatever you want. And it's easy to say, do whatever you want. But I think inside of us, we have this conflict. Again, expectations, what I should be doing, but I, what I want to do. And I think the best advice is, um, it was hard for me to listen to my inner voice at that time. I was struggling very much. But that friend uh, is the one who asked me that question that triggered the thought, right? So if you have someone like that in your life who's able to ask you the right questions. I think uh, listening to them or just like kind of absorbing that question and maybe internalizing and thinking about it is the best advice that I can give. Because without that friend's question, why don't you allow yourself to be who you are? I probably wouldn't ever think of it that way. That's a good friend. And uh, I would say that a good coach can help you do that too. If you're struggling, uh, that's something that I help women with is to ask them the right questions and have them go through their own process. Cause we're the only ones who can really take those steps and work Absolutely. with all the uh, inner critic and everything else that's getting us, you know, stopping us along the way. The next question is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't set yourself um, enormous goals or plan a life for yourself because things will change and they will change for the better. So trying to fit 
into certain uh, milestones, it's not healthy. Like I got to have a job and I have got to have this promotion. I got to have this, you know, whatever. Kind of let it, let go with the flow a little bit because things will sort themselves out. Uh, I love that. I think that we often think we have to be married by this age and have our children mm-hmm. by this age and have our own business or not or whatever, retire at this age. And, and then we can miss incredible opportunities when we're so fixed on timelines and things like that. Correct. Great advice. All right. Next question. What is something that people get wrong about you? They often think that I might be too um, cold. And um, some people said, you know, that I look very snobbish (laughs) at first. And that's very much the opposite. I think when I first meet someone, I'm actually very warm, very, uh, very friendly, very uh, open. (laughs) Like I will become a best friend with you in five minutes. But when I first meet someone, I think a lot of the still lack of confidence that I deal with I just like uh, I worry how you're gonna perceive me so I kind of stay quiet and maybe that comes across as oh she thinks she's better than all of us but that's quite the opposite of what I'm actually thinking that I'm not as good as anyone else that's why I'm just like gonna be distant and quiet well that's very vulnerable of you to share that and I I think that it's important for us to hear because Often when somebody's running a company and they think people think, oh, she must have it all together. She must be confident Mm -hmm. all the time. And we all suffer from some degree of, am I good enough? And often shy people and quiet people come across as snobby. And in my career as a dating coach, I talk to women about this all the time because if we are making a first impression on a man, and we come across as snobby, cold, shut down, it's really hard to get to the next date. And so we have to really work on if we're introverted, if we're shy, how do we bring more of ourselves out so that people understand us and get to know us quicker and see like, for example, your warmth and your friendliness instead of she's a standoffish, snobby person. So finally, Ferzan, we have our final, final question, which is how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as uh, a woman who just wanted to have happiness for herself and her family. And to do that, she went at um, great lengths of finding, pursuing her passion. And while she was doing that, she tried to make opportunities and enable other women. And um, in parallel, just trying her best to be a good mom. So I think, I think that would sum up my, um, what I would like people to know about me. It's simple and it's profound at the same time. <laughs> so I love that you not only pursued your passion, but you wanted to do good in the world and not just to donate, but to actually empower other women to do good and to, and to contribute. And that takes, that takes uh, a vision and it takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard work. And I appreciate all the work that you've done and, and thank you for inspiring our audience today. 
thank you so much for having me. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.